I think you have to get out into Bears Ears to truly understand it. But the spectacular scenery, the amazing cultural resources are world-class. And it, Bears Ears is 1.35 million acres, so it's very large. It's very diverse and you really need to experience it. But once you have, you'll understand. Welcome to Six Corners, where we share gripping stories from across all six corners of Utah, each one full of unexpected insights about the land and our relationship to it. Chapter 2, Confluence, Voices from Southeastern Utah's San Juan County and the Navajo Nation. Hi everyone, welcome to the Six Corners podcast. My name is Matt Linton. And we are continuing chapter two, focusing on San Juan County, Utah. Along with the Utah Office of Tourism, I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. I'm speaking today with Steve Simpson, owner of the Twin Rocks Trading Post and Cafe. Steve is a native of Bluff, Utah, and serves on several boards within the community here in San Juan County. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking some time to come and talk to me. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Steve, you were born here, raised here in Bluff, um, in the very community that you're serving right now. Uh, what was life like here back in those days growing up and how has it changed since then? Well, it's been quite some time ago, so I'm not sure I have a vivid recollection. Um, it, it, it was um, not so very different from what it is now. Um, Bluff is 250 people approximately, and back then it may have been 200 or so. But um, we were sort of wild and free, uh, climbing the cliffs and uh, swimming in the old swimming pond. And so it was a very nice childhood. Some that a lot of people wish they could have had growing up, for sure. Well, something that many people can still have. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Okay, so you opened the doors to Twin Rocks Trading Post back in 1989, I believe. Yes, we opened the trading post in 1989 and the cafe came five years later. Okay, so it came a little bit later. Um, what was it that motivated you to open a retail store here in this community? It was actually my father's dream. Uh, having come to Bluff with his father and siblings um, after World War II, um, my grandfather was a Marine in the Pacific Theater and I think he just wanted to get his kids out of the mainstream. His wife had died before he enlisted. And uh, my father had seen Ute basket weavers weaving at the base of Sunbonnet Rock, which is on this property, and had always had, a, uh, had the ambition to build a business here. And so years later, he was able to acquire the property, and that's why we built Twin Rocks on this location. So he jump-started all of that. He did, yes. And he loved to eat. So five years later, he convinced us to open the cafe. Interesting. So what? where did he grow up originally before he came here? Colorado. Colorado. Okay. My yes. father was in his early teens at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, so why is it that people come to Bluff now? I think there are a variety of reasons. Um, probably most of them relate to the outdoors and the, the beautiful scenery 
um, and the outback we have here. There's great hiking, camping, um, terrific archaeology. So if you want to get out of the mainstream, it's a great place to come. And Bluff is a small town with a lot of really good services, good food, good uh, motels, and very nice people. So you're a local businessman. Um, what is it that you hope to communicate with your visitors that come here? And how are you hoping to impact those in your community through your business? Well, I think my general manager at the restaurant would say she hopes to feed as many people as she can. Very good food, very interesting food. And at the trading post, we aspire to raise the level of, of the, raise the standard of living for the local um, indigenous people and um, sell really terrific art. How do you do that as a business owner? How do you do that to improve the quality of life and the and things you just mentioned as far as the, the native indigenous people that live in the area? Well, so far we've been working on it for about 33 years and I'm not sure we've um, completely answered the question, but what we work hard to do is uh, collaborate with the artist closely in the hopes of inspiring new and unusual styles of art that um, will bring more income to the local artists and therefore help them uh, educate their children better and improve their overall standard of living. And when you're talking about art, you're talking about textiles, jewelry. What specifically are you uh, working with? Basketry, um, textiles, as you, as you mentioned. We are most well known for Navajo baskets and the local Navajo basket weavers have done extraordinary work over the, the past three decades. There is a book called Weaving a Revolution that's published by the Natural History Museum of Utah, which showcases many of the uh, basket weavings the local artists, the local Navajo artists have created and it will just knock you out. The, the basketry is stunning. So over the years, we worked very closely with the weavers, um, providing them books on different art forms, suggesting ideas, um, doing any number of things and whatever we could to improve the overall quality of the weaving. And it worked very well. The, the, the local basketry movement, um, which unfortunately is now in decline after several really terrible economic cycles um, is stunning, absolutely stunning. I often equate it with the G's Bend quilts from G's Bend, um, where uh, the local uh, quilters were doing just extraordinary architectural abstract styles of, of quilting and, and became very well known for their work. Interesting. So, like many other uh, outdoor destinations in Utah over the past few years, you've seen a large increase in visitors, um, specific to this area, and like I said, all over the state of Utah, all over the country, especially in these wide open spaces. How do you feel about that increase in popularity for tourists coming here? Well, I, I think it's the good and the bad, right? Um, the, it's good for business. 
And so long as the people who are out in the backcountry are conscientious, it's good for everybody. Um, unfortunately, we have people who are not as conscientious as they should be, and there is um, there can be a significant amount of damage if you don't know how to engage in the uh, the 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 geography around Bluff and in Southern Utah in general. So Bears Ears is a name that people have been hearing in the news a lot over the last several years. Um, you've grown up here next to it. Uh, what is it that makes Bears Ears so special to you specifically and in general? Well, I think you have to get out into Bears Ears to truly understand it, but the spectacular scenery the amazing cultural resources are world-class and it bears ears is 1.35 million acres so it's very large it's very diverse and you really need to experience it but once you have um you'll understand and I, i'm assuming growing up here you spent a lot of time out there and gotten to know the area very well and um, what types of experiences have you had going out and exploring bears ears yeah, I have had a great deal of experience. When I was a young man in Boy Scouts, we camped and hiked a lot in what is now what what became Bears Ears. Um, over the last two or three years, I've spent a lot of time out there again because of COVID. Uh, the Trading Post and the cafe were closed for a couple months. My son, uh, who is studying biomedical engineering at the University of Utah, was out of out of class. And so we camped and hiked and viewed the canyons and, and saw the, you know, visited petroglyphs and uh, ancient Puebloan ruins. And I can attest that it was stunning in Bears Ears. And so you just, you just talked about this a little bit when we talked about the tourism, the good and the bad of it. Um, it's, it's nice to have that economic, uh, positive economic impact on the community here, but there's also that that risk that people are coming here and, and not knowing how to take care of the area and protect it. So on the show, we talk about this philosophy and acronym PREP, which is um, stands for prepare, respect, enjoy, and preserve. Um, how do you feel that applies to specifically Bears Ears? When people come here, how do you communicate with them how to take care of the land. What is it that you, you share with people? Cause I'm sure you have people come in and say, where, where should we go? What should we do? Um, what's, what's your approach to communicating with them to, to take care of these areas? It's actually fairly easy for me because we have a local organization known as friends of Cedar Mesa, which was instrumental in, in, in getting the original bears ears proclamation signed. And Friends of Cedar Mesa um, promotes the idea of visiting with respect. There is a, uh, what we call, and, and I say we because I sit on the board of Friends of Cedar Mesa, there's what we call the Bears Ears Education Center located in Bluff, where you can stop in, get information about Bears Ears, and learn how to visit this area conscientiously. Again, going back to that that question, when people come in here and ask, you know, want to go and explore Bears Ears and, and say to you, you know, where, where should we go? Ask for advice from you. Where should they go? What should they do? What do you, what do you tell them? What are the what are the must see things? What are the must uh, must do things here when you come and visit this area? 
Well, I find it actually very interesting when people come in and say, I, I, I want to see bear's ears. And I always ask them, what is it that you want to see? And, and inform them that it is 1.35 million acres and there's a great deal out there. It's interesting to me that most people just want to check it off their bucket list. It's not as mm -hmm. though they want to get deep into the backcountry and hike in Dark Canyon or Wooden Shoe or see Arch Canyon. They really just want to say, I was at Bears Ears. So um, most often, having asked them, what is it you want to see? And then finding that they really just want to um, see the Bears Ears, you, that's fairly easy. You can see the Bears Ears buttes from a great distance out here. I would say that the people who want to experience the backcountry are more sophisticated and they've generally done their homework so they don't come in and ask Steve where to go. <laughs> that's that's a good answer. Like you've said, it, you have the people that have done their homework, they've done the research, they know what they're going out and they're looking for. You have those that come that have maybe heard about Bears Ears, don't know a lot about it. Um, what would you say the, the ratio is of those people that do have the experience or do have the, the knowledge from doing the research versus those that are just passing through and just want to check it off their bucket list? Yeah, it's a little hard for me to quantify because I see the people who are not really interested in getting deep into the backcountry and, and I don't see the ones who are. Um, so I, I, I can't really say. That, that's a fair answer. <laughs> Like you said, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of different things to see in this area. And it is so massive. I, I think is a little bit overwhelming when you come to visit a place like this because it is so big. There's so much to explore and so much to, to be seen that it can be very overwhelming. And I, you know, having somebody that has grown up in this area and, and has come to, to know a lot of it, you talked about the, the variety and the, and the different areas within that. What, what type of variety do you see around bears in this massive area? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think you need to eat the whole elephant all at once. So um, the good thing is you can experience a lot of things that are readily available. Um, Butler Wash has great petroglyphs that you can do a short, short hike, a midday hike, a, a, you know, a half day hike or a, a full day hike. Um, you can actually drive up into Bears Ears, assuming the roads are dry, um, <clears throat> and see a, a great deal. So it's very diverse, and it is. Um, and I think you can just take some time. <clears throat> excuse me, um, to get the not the full experience because the full experience I think would take more than a lifetime, but. An extremely good experience. So uh, Bears Ears is, um, again, diverse enough that you can experience it on a lot of different levels, um, whether it's a, you know, a short hike, just uh, viewing the petroglyphs at Sand Island, or getting out in the backcountry and, and hiking for days in Dark Canyon or Wooden Shoe or Kaigalia. So come on out. So I imagine with your business, you're very busy. Uh, you've got a lot going on with the restaurant and the, and the trading post. Do you still get to go out and, and spend a lot of time out there? Well, I, like most people, don't get enough time. But yes, I'm, I'm fortunate. I have really good people uh, who work with me. 
And uh, I, I do get out, just not as much as I need to or as much as I would like to. Right. And when, that's probably the case for all of us. Sure. Well, Steve, this has been a pleasure. I, I appreciate your time. Um, I've loved learning more about this unique place that you live in and, and the efforts that uh, you have put in into learning it and to sharing it with others. Uh, also with your work with the community here. So thank you very much for taking the time to come and let us know a little bit more about this area. Well, I'm happy to spend time with you. And my general manager made me promise to let you know that we have lots of really great blue corn pancakes and the best fry bread in the world. <laughs> so come see us, have some pancakes, enjoy the fry bread and a good cup of coffee. All right, we'll, we'll pass that on, let everybody know so they can come and visit you here. So thank you all for listening today and taking the opportunity to learn more about this amazing state and the incredible people who live here. Also take some time to go out and discover these landscapes for yourself, uh, why people like Steve have such a love and passion for them. So have a wonderful day. This is the Six Corners Podcast. If you enjoyed this story, let us know and subscribe to the Six Corners podcast to hear more. The Six Corners podcast was hosted and produced by Matt Linton and Merlin Films as part of the Utah Office of Tourism's Forever Mighty Responsible Travel Initiative. Six Corners was created by Andrew Gilman, research by Brett Prettyman, and cover art created by Peter Meech at Struck. Remember, as you travel, to prepare, respect, enjoy, and preserve. To learn more about PrEP and listen to other episodes, go to visitutah.com slash six corners. Please also listen to the Travel Utah podcast, focusing on Utah's best destinations and adventures, wherever you stream your podcasts. This has been the Six Corners podcast. Thank you for listening.